Good evening, everybody. We actually started our reengage journey here about 10 years ago, so it's always good to be back in the room with you guys tonight. Um, so my name's Jimmy. This is my wife, Michelle. And we just celebrated 22 years of marriage uh, last month. Um, yeah, thank you. <clears throat> uh, so uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.8 says, We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our very own lives too. It's with the heart behind this verse that we're excited to share our story with y'all, and we pray that the work that God has done in our marriage brings you hope and encouragement today. Uh, so I was born in New Orleans to parents who were babies themselves. I always knew that they loved my brother and I unconditionally. They taught us so much about the importance of family, hard work, uh, and helping others. Our family was Catholic, but faith was not often discussed in our home. We went to church out of what I understood to be obligation, and I didn't see anyone in my life outwardly walking with Jesus. I mostly found church to be boring, and so I stopped attending as soon as I left for college. I, too, am from New Orleans. I grew up with a single mom. My dad died when I was three. My mom worked hard to care for my brother and I. Looking back now, I can see God's hand in my life when I think about some of the families that helped my mom care for us. Some of these sweet families planted seeds of faith in my heart that would come to bear fruit many years later. Unfortunately, when we lived with one family for a time, I experienced sexual abuse from a teenage boy that I would repress for many years. My mom remarried an alcoholic, and this time was filled with yelling and fighting. I never wanted to rock the boat, and I became good at doing what I thought would make others happy. I learned to avoid and withdraw very early. My mom enrolled me in a sweet Christian school, and we were at church often. There I learned of God's love for me and accepted Christ at a young age. But I was confused, always thinking I needed to be good enough for God's love. Looking back, I can see that the events from age 11 to 13, when my brother left for college, we left our church after my mom's divorce, and I moved from my small private Christian school to a public high school, all left me feeling like I did not belong. So as a boy, I learned to seek validation through people-pleasing, good grades, and athletic accomplishments. I grew up in a large extended family that was fun and loving, but was also very competitive and often critical. I learned to adapt to my surroundings and to be who I thought people wanted me to be, instead of figuring out who I really was. I believed that people really knew me, that they wouldn't accept me. As a teenager, I formed an addiction to pornography and masturbation, which went unchecked for far too many years. This fake intimacy that I grew comfortable with shaped an unhealthy sexual identity, and it set the stage for future relationship challenges. I mostly look back on this time as lonely, where I didn't feel known or accepted, with one exception. High school was a lonely time. I didn't have friends that I trusted or respected. I kept to myself. I suppose I felt more in control that way. I focused on school. I wasn't very interested in dating. I hadn't seen much good in men. I knew I wanted to date someone that I might marry, but one thing led to another, and puppy love soon developed. Jimmy felt fun and also secure, and that was something I didn't know I was so desperately missing. So I followed him to college. I didn't want anyone's opinions at this time, and I was beginning to question where God fit in now that I was pursuing a path I knew was disobedient. I wanted to follow the Lord, but I didn't know how, and my way felt satisfying much of the time. Proverbs 14:12 reminds us, there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end leads to death. So we met while working at a coffee shop in high school. I was immediately attracted to Michelle, and I loved that she didn't follow the crowd, which is something that I had perfected. She seemed to accept me, even with all my flaws. But most of all, it was clear to me very early on that she had more integrity than anyone I had ever met in my life. I still wonder sometimes what she saw in me then. We started dating 
uh, early during our senior year, and we continued through college at LSU. My contributions to our struggles during the season were extreme insecurity, codependency, control, pride, and a lack of grace. I continued to focus on school and work. I struggled with anxiety over the pressure I felt to pursue medical school. Then acne. I wasn't feeling smart or beautiful anymore. I didn't know where my true worth came from. I didn't know the truth of Psalm 139, that I was fearfully and wonderfully made, that I was the Lord's masterpiece, and that I didn't have to do anything for that to be true. I was trusting in myself during this time. I loved Jimmy and felt loved by him and being the people pleaser that I was, it didn't take too long for our relationship to become physical. I was convicted and felt shame, but I did nothing to change it. During this time, I had some sweet reminders of the Lord's presence. My brother would call and remind me of God's love for me. My childhood friend called once specifically to have a spiritual conversation. I would see a sweet mom reading her Bible at the coffee shop where I worked, and the first believing friend I'd had in a long time walked into my life. Church hadn't been a part of our campus life, but towards the end of our college years, we went a few times. I would leave feeling shame, but wasn't ready to surrender. So as college wound down, I proposed to Michelle, and I accepted a job in Houston. I was feeling good about myself. I graduated near the top of my class, had good job offers, proud parents, a beautiful fiancé. To the world, I was doing great, but I realize now that it was all still built on what others thought of me. I did not heed concerns from Michelle or advice from her brother that a job on the road consulting would prove difficult for a newly married couple. In hindsight, I was selfish and prideful in that decision. Proverbs 16:18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So I began an exciting career, traveling the country, working, meeting new kinds of people, and being exposed to new cultures for the first time in my life. So we graduated, married, moved to Texas, and found ourselves at 21 living very separate lives. I was in a new city, lonely, as Jimmy began his exciting career. I figured it was normal, and I was never, never very communicative about my feelings. It was easier to be a peacemaker and avoid the conflict that I dreaded. So I put my time and energy into work and hobbies. I brought several unrealistic expectations into our marriage. I had warped expectations about sex from exposure to pornography. I had unrealistic expectations about homemaking from my family. I had high expectations of affections from observing my mom with my dad. My poor sweet wife did not stand a chance. While on the road for work, we began to communicate less and less during the week. My deep longings for affection and attention were not being met, and my coping through pornography intensified. During my last year on the road, I began an affair with a coworker that went on for an extended time. In 2004, a job in Dallas took me off the road, but not much changed in our marriage. The affair ended when I learned that Michelle was pregnant with our first child. I fell into a deep depression at this point and stumbled into another brief fling, looking to feed the addiction to fake intimacy that I had built. That was my rock bottom. I was overwhelmed with guilt, shame, fear, and hopelessness. I cried out to God, why is this happening? And for the first time in my life, I felt completely broken and worthless. I thought we were moving in the right, the right direction with new jobs in Dallas, no travel, first house, first dog. Once we were in Dallas, I was still focused on myself, my job, my yoga practice, my quest for health and well-being. I didn't know I had expectations of Jimmy back then. But looking back, my expectations were don't die, don't be an alcoholic, provide, be faithful, and do things that make me happy. Then, as a selfish 27-year-old, I was pregnant, and we were still a mess. I had no idea Jimmy was having an affair, although I did gain a voice in Dallas. I voiced my opinions about his friendships with female coworkers. He wasn't honest, but I trusted. 
At this point, I was forced to face the reality of the mess that I had made at home by being emotionally distant, unfaithful, and neglectful of Michelle. By God's grace, we began to talk openly about our marriage and how things were a mess. But I was convinced that I could never share the dark secret of my unfaithfulness, and I had planned to take that to the grave with me. God began to draw my heart back to my wife and towards him. After our first child was born, we planned to visit some churches and figure out what to do with this whole God thing. I threw myself into all things pregnancy and mothering. Becoming a mom brought out the best in me and also brought me to my knees. The Lord was at work. In April 2007, I surrendered my life to the Lord. I started learning the truth about the gospel and how to follow Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 tells us, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I realized I didn't have to be good enough to accept God's gift. It was through some sweet friends that we found a community of loving and accepting Christ followers in Frisco who pointed us to truth and showed us what it means to live out a relationship with Jesus. I began to feel God's loving grace wash over me as I took small steps towards him. That hole in my heart that I could never fill started filling up. In Easter 2007, I decided to let go of the wheel, trust God, and commit my life to Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This began a gradual process for me of trusting God with more and more of my life. I began to see other godly men loving and leading their families. I began to study God's word and gain clarity on my calling as a husband and father. I prayed for meaningful friendships that were sorely lacking in my life, which I would come to call community. But I still could not bring myself to share my deep, dark secret of unfaithfulness. I believed that God had forgiven my sin, but I didn't trust that he could heal the wounds it would cause. We moved to Richardson in 2008 and began attending Watermark. This became a transformational place for our family. After life became busier with two more kids, who are much bigger than this now, um, the Lord started showing me through some Bible studies and small group conversations that my priorities of kids and husband were flip-flopped. I'd heard about re-engage and thought it could be good for us. I knew I had lots of room for growth, but I didn't quite know what God had in store. So within this body of believers, I've been equipped and discipled through ministry and community in ways I never imagined were possible. We attended a marriage conference that gave us some foundational tools to help us start prioritizing our marriage for the first time, and we discussed checking out Reengage. Shortly after launching a new community group in 2013, I had become increasingly convicted that I needed to walk in the light if I was to have the marriage and, more importantly, the relationship with God that he intended. He was clearly calling me deeper still to the obedience and authenticity necessary for me to be effective for him in this world. I wrestled with him for months on this as I had made an idol out of the safety and security I now felt in my life. First John 1 John 1.6 says, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. And then in verse 9, he says, if But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I started to realize that God had given me everything I needed to confess. I just had to choose to trust him, that he would carry Michelle through the pain, and that he, would car- and that he had me no matter what consequences would come. After our first night at Reengage, hearing a powerful story that echoed ours, I was out of excuses. The next morning, I confessed to the guys in my community group, and with the support of the amazing couples in our group, I finally laid my deepest, darkest sins before Michelle 10 years ago. They held us, and they walked us through the most difficult thing we've ever done. That day is vivid. It was surreal. I wanted to just pretend it didn't happen and go back to my day as planned, but life was forever changed. 
I had hoped and prayed for change through re-engage, but my vision was a deeper closeness that would develop through sweet, intimate conversation. It never crossed my mind that it would be difficult. I had never really clung to Paul's warning in 1 Corinthians 7.28 that those who marry will have trouble. Until this point, I sought the Lord for my peace and comfort. Psalm 56.8 told me he keeps track of all my sorrows. I realize now that God was so gracious in his timing for me to hear this news. I had come to a place where I was ready to have a heart of forgiveness and had a community of God's people to encourage me in truth. I chose forgiveness in spite of my hurt, anger, bitterness, and anxiety. I had to choose to find my peace in the Lord and not in my circumstances. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I was learning to trust that the Lord's plan was still good and that he was at work. So we came back to re-engage the following Wednesday hurting, but with new eyes for what God would teach us through this process. The aftermath was devastating, as you would expect. There were questions to be answered, boundaries to be set, trust to be rebuilt, and the complete reframing of the life that Michelle thought we had during that season. I had to lay every shameful thing I'd done on the table, starting with my sexual struggles as a teen, through the affairs, and my then still struggle with pornography. This bearing of my soul and the rejection that I assumed would follow was what I feared most in this world. But God was in the middle of it with us now. For the first time in my life, I am fully known by my wife and accepted in spite of all my complete brokenness. What a perfect, tangible expression of God's love and grace in my life. I never imagined that God could use my failures to make something beautiful, but that's just what he started to do. There were many hard days ahead and also sweet moments of connectedness. Working through the lessons, I learned that my past, pride, perfectionism, anxiety, control, and mixed-up priorities were hurting our marriage. I needed to draw a circle around myself and work on everything inside it. This was new, and this was hard for me. The idea of real love and how short I fall of loving Jimmy well was big news, and I needed that humbling truth. We were both broken, and it was a sweet thing to be working on ourselves together. We were putting God at the center of our marriage for the first time. Reengage taught me how selfish that I am and what it looks like to die to myself and serve my wife. I've learned now to be gentler in my communications, to avoid sarcasm. I've learned how important it is to be quick to seek and extend forgiveness in both the big things and the small things. And I learned what it was like to have healthy boundaries with others that honor my wife. Reengage has helped me understand my negative communication patterns and the way those impact our marriage. I've learned that we are one flesh, a team working together rather than keeping score and comparing our contributions to our family. I'm more aware of how my tone and words affect Jimmy, and I'm quicker to seek forgiveness when I realize I've been hurtful. So almost a decade later, we're grateful for re-engage and enjoy sharing how Christ and his people shepherded us through an incredibly desperate time. We know that it's easy to hear these stories each week and leave feeling like that couple is all better now and we're still a mess. So please hear us that we do struggle daily. We're both sinners. We hurt each other with our words and struggle to assume the best. We're impatient and short-tempered. We have to continue working hard every day to pursue one another and love one another despite deep wounds. But we believe we struggle better, more humbly, and more openly than we used to as we continue allowing God to work in each of our hearts. So as we wrap up, we'd leave the, love to leave you with a call to action. First, wherever you may be on your journey of faith, we encourage you to press on. God promises that if you seek him with all of your heart, you'll find him. 
Until you've done business with God and laid a solid foundation of faith, you won't be able to sustain any sort of marital healing or oneness. Second, being fully known brings oneness. Until you bear your souls, your fears, your hopes, your failures with each other, you will never have true intimacy. This may sound terrifying, but I assure you from my own experience and from that of many others here, that you will miss out on the marriage that God intended for you if you believe the lie that your sins are beyond God's grace and healing. And lastly, make your marriage a priority. Great marriages don't happen by accident. They take hard work and commitment. Think about the things you pour your passion into being excellent at in your life. It might be your job, parenting, some skill or hobby. What if you put the same energy, passion, and time into being the best spouse you can be? What would your marriage, your family, and your community look like then? We are so grateful for God's grace in our lives and in our marriage. He's been so kind and patient with us, and we know that he stands ready to help you and work in your marriage if you'll let him. Thank you all for letting us share.